Does anybody uh, does anybody work out in here? Yes. Come on. One hand, two hands. Come on, let's go. Does anybody power lift? Is there any power lifters in here? Okay, I need some help. I was uh, Katrina. <laughs> Katrina and I were at the gym, I think it was on Friday, and she wanted to do squats, and so we did squats together, and I can't, like, bend down at all or even sit down, so if you see me walking around today like this, it's not because I have to go to the bathroom or anything, it's because I hurt my leg squatting, so, yeah, anyways, I thought that'd be funnier than it was, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's funny to me. My sister one time, we, when I lived in Costa Rica, she came and worked out with me, and, and anyways, I got her to do some workouts, but she couldn't walk for, like, a, probably, like, three days. So every, every time, everywhere she walked, she was walking like this. And I'm like, this is awesome. You need to come to, to the gym with me as much as you can because it's hilarious. So, yeah, so, man, that was so good in worship today, hey? That's just beautiful. I'm going to put this down here. Um, I really feel, I feel really strongly there's a lot of breakthrough happening with our church. And I feel um, his presence, like, more than ever. And even just during worship, I could just sense that the Lord is doing a new thing here. Um, our lead team um, has kind of made this, um, I don't know what you call it, a covenant, but we just, we want to we, we spend um, our mornings with God. We really feel like there's something on that. And um, this past week, I've been spending my mornings with God, just giving God our mornings. And there's something so beautiful and so powerful that happens when we give God a sacrifice of our time, um, give God more than maybe um, is comfortable. And I really want to encourage you guys, as we are doing this, I want to encourage you guys to try and do the same. Um, if you guys are in a place maybe where you spend an hour a day with God, or maybe it's half an hour, um, there's no shame or anything on the amount of time you spend with God. But I want to encourage you to try to um, double that or, or even triple that as a sacrifice and as worship unto the Lord. Um, and I believe it's not just important for you personally. I actually believe it's something that's really important and, and a key to the breakthrough God is bringing to our church. Um, and so if you guys want to do that, just let me know. And uh, I think it would be really powerful that if, as a community, we all gave more time to Jesus in the secret place. I think that would be a beautiful way to start the year. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, guys. So I'm going to be preaching on prioritizing the presence going into this year. And um, I felt like this was really important because in our lives, there's so many, um, there's so many distractions. There's so many things going on in our lives. There's so many things uh, that we can get caught up in. Um, and I really feel there's a trend right now. The Lord is speaking to us. And I feel like he was speaking to us during worship, too, of just um, pure devotion back to the Lord. Um, a place of devotion, a place of purity, um, a place where we're just solely sold out to God. And, and he is our absolute everything. And I, I really think this is important as we are pressing into 2020. Uh, my dad growing up, though, um, he, always, he would always say this to me all the time. Um, if I didn't get my cleaning done or my chores done, um, if I didn't uh, do something around the house, um, he would just say to me, he's like, son, it's not that you didn't have time. It w it's just not a priority. Right. And, and every single time he would say this to me, it really annoyed me because I'm like, well, what do you mean it's not my priority? What, what's a priority even? I didn't even know what a priority was when I was younger. Um, but so often in our lives, um, if we look at our week to week and our day to day, it's not that we don't love God. It's not that we don't have a heart for him. It's sometimes he's just not um, a prior the highest priority in our lives. Um, I really believe that if anything else is, is on the throne of your life, it leads to disappointment. Um, if you have, uh, let's just say, if you have success, if that's actually more important than your relationship with God, um, if there is any other motive or any other thing that is more important uh, to God or in your life than God, um, it's, a road, it's a road to disappointment and discouragement. Um, I'm gonna, the first part here will be a bit heavy here. Not heavy, but I'll be... 
I want to be sharing just from my heart about some convictions I have. And, uh, but we won't stay there for long, guys. So um, I felt the Holy Spirit gave me this, this kind of this story to share with you guys. Um, you know, there's, there's a husband and a wife, and, and this is kind of based on some people I know. It's none of you guys, so don't worry. But um, the wife goes away for about three months, and she, she's going to school. She wants to get some uh, schooling towards what she's trying to achieve. Um, and so she leaves for three months. And she goes away, and her and her husband have some contact. Um, they're in relationship. Um, but things aren't going as smooth as, as they want. But they're still staying in connection. The family's still moving along, and the husband's taking care of things at home. And... Uh, um, as she gets home, she realizes that her and her husband aren't as close as she wished. And she realizes that there's some tension, that there's some awkwardness. Um, you know, she came home and thought it would be like this romantic, um, you know, connection right away. But realizes that there's some distance or disconnection. And so out of that place, she wants to try to make things right. And so um, she takes him to his favorite restaurant. Uh, she pays for his favorite things, his favorite gifts, all these things. Um, and... Uh, and realizes that nothing is really happening, nothing is really changing. And so out of frustration, she sits down with her husband um, to talk with him. And she's like, hey, what's going on? You know, like, I feel like I'm doing all this stuff for you. Uh, I'm doing all these different things for you. Uh, and he looks her in the eyes and he, and he holds her and he says, I just want you. I just want to be with you. You know, I don't want you doing all these things. I don't want you to try to buy things for me to make it right with me. I don't want you to try to do all these things for me. I just want you and I just want to be with you. And the reason why uh, I felt like the Lord put this on my heart is because so often this is us, is we are busy doing in our lives. We're busy doing, you know, we have, we have um, our work, we have our careers, um, we have a lot of different things going on, and we're trying to do all this stuff for God. But we forget that sometimes Jesus just wants us. He just wants to be with us. You know, in this story, we are the bride, and he is the groom, and he's pursuing us, and in our busyness, and in all of our you know, I don't think sometimes it's intentional. It's not like we're trying to be uh, distant from God. It's not like we're trying to do all this stuff. And we know that we should make more time for God in our lives. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we just fall short. And sometimes we do get distracted by things in this world, not realizing that he's just looking into our eyes and he just wants more of us. Amen? So... A little personal testimony here. I mean, I don't know if it's so much of a testimony, but when I was in the Dominican Republic, I had four different leaders um, approach me four different times. Actually, one was Balter. He, he was the first one. He came up to me. And, and all these leaders basically came up and said to me, um, Chris, honor your wife. Honor your wife above all else, besides God, obviously, but honor your, honor your wife above everything else, and God will bless you. God will bless your church. God will bless everything you're doing. And so I'm like, okay, you know, the first time I got it, I'm like, all right, cool, I got that. And second time someone comes up, and I'm like, again? Like, another <laughs> word? I know, I think it's funny, right? Third time happens, fourth time happens. And I'm like, man, am I just a terrible husband, or what's going on here? Like, am I noticeably, like, just rude to Katrina? So I'm, like, trying to self-conscious, and I'm like, what am I doing so weird? I'm like, put my arm around her, I'm like, hey, babe, I love you. <laughs> walking, walking into the room with all the world leaders, and I'm like, yeah, I love, I love you so much, babe. But I think, I think what they probably picked up is that, we you know, us stepping into leadership um, and having the rest of our lives, I think they've learned a thing or two. And I think in ministry, you can get really busy um, with church. And, you know, I, I, me and Katrina, we genuinely care about you guys. We love you guys. And it's so important that this church grows, that it's healthy. Um, but it's easy for that to become more important uh, than your marriage sometimes. And, and see, 
in my mind, I know, I know mentally that my marriage is more important, but whether I'm living from that place or not is a totally different thing, right? And it's the same thing in a relationship with God. It's knowing that God is more important, it does nothing if you're not actually living that way. And so the crazy thing is, get this, is as I began to honor Katrina above all else, and as I began seeking the Lord and saying, God, how do you want me to honor Katrina? And taking those and then doing them, I felt like my life just got ten times better. Ten times better. Ten times easier. Like, it was crazy. So in the month of December, the Lord's like, hey, this is how you can honor your wife more. Help more with doing, like, doing dishes. Make dinner more. Do this. Do this. And I'm not like a bad husband. It's not, I'm not, not up here just roasting myself here. But the Lord just is like, hey, steward, steward this thing I've given you of honoring your wife more. And here's how. And just... It was just crazy the, the amount of, of favor and blessing and clarity I felt in my life when I actually said, okay, this is actually more important than the church. This is more important than the stresses of things going on in my life. This is more important. I could feel clarity in my life like I've never felt before. And I think what we need to do is realize that there's things in our lives that we need to steward. There's things in our lives that we need to steward that the Lord has told us to steward that we've actually put on the side burner. Realizing that there's actually clarity and there's blessing that's going to come from that when we steward that. And even more so, guys, when we prioritize his presence this year, above all else, we're going to feel his blessing. We're going to feel his clarity more than ever before. Amen. How's everyone doing? Touch your neighbor and say, wake up. We've got 25 more minutes here, maybe. Hold on here, guys. Um, oh, I definitely shouldn't have used this bottle. I work out, right? There you go. Um, so I think it's kind of crazy. It's really cool. Um, I love when I uh, come here and, and the worship team is like, all, all their songs are exactly what I'm preaching on. And uh, the, like the entire message here is about prioritizing God and our affection and our devotion being the most important thing in our lives. And um, the first scripture I want to share, which, oh, I don't know. Oh, wow. Seth is on it. Matthew 22, verses 36 to 37. Um, this is the Passion Translation. It says here, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus answered him, Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. Isn't that beautiful? And the most powerful thing here, I think, is um, the word love here in the Hebrew can actually be translated worship. So let's read that again with worship. Worship the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. That changes things, hey? And what I want to say here is, you know, are we actually loving God and worshiping God with all, with every passion of our heart, with all the energy of our being, and with every thought that is within you? What are the thoughts that are going on in your mind when no one else is looking, when no one else is around? What are the thoughts you have? What are the, what are the thoughts you have about yourself, about your life? Um, are we actually worshiping God with all of our heart, with all the passion of our being? And so what I want to say in here is no matter where you're at right here, if you're a seasoned veteran walking with God or you're new to your faith, you're not even walking with God yet. There's so much more that we can do, guys. There's so much more. I think personally, I'm a person that I love change and I love growth. Who loves personal development here? Like, loves it, right? If you don't, you need to love it because God's all about it. And so what we, I think, personally, um, as I've been seeking the Lord this week and as I've been giving my mornings to him, I've really felt 
um, the Lord is saying, like, I'm completely redoing the systems of your life. Like, the way you think, the way you, um, the be- way you believe, um, our relationship, there's new things that I want to do in your life. Um, and I think, hopefully, hopefully I can articulate this well. Lord, help me. But I really think that so often in our lives we get stuck in a routine, a certain routine, a certain way of thinking. Um, whether that's like there's a certain day of the week where you're stressed or there's certain things you do, a certain way you think. There's all these these patterns, even just scientifically in our mind, of how we think, routines of how we think and uh, mindsets we have. But I really believe in 2020, the Lord is just saying, like, I want to, he wants to totally scrap those. And he wants us to completely just rebirth into who we are actually meant to be. And he has so much for all of us, guys. And the only way we can do this is when we're prioritizing his presence and seeking him. Um, another powerful thing here, guys, is uh, this is actually, this is the greatest command. This is not the greatest suggestion. And I think what a lot of Christians see, and what I see a lot of Christians, um, and this is probably the biggest fault, is people feeling like they have their own rights when they come to Christ. And feeling like they have their rights to their own opinions, their own way of thinking and believing. And, and God is all about freedom. He's not here to constrict you. But when you surrender your life to Christ, it doesn't matter what your opinion is. It matters what he thinks. And this is the greatest command that with all of our heart, with all the passion of being, that we're meant to worship and love him. And the craziest thing is it can sound constricting, but it's for our freedom. It's for our lives. God has our greatest um, intent in mind that he actually cares about us and knows that if we can love him and worship him with all of our hearts, there's the greatest freedom there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, what I hope for us this year and for, for all of you guys this year is just that this year could be a face-to-face year with Jesus. That we could live in face-to-face relationship with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, with the Son, and we can live from that place of overflow in everything we do. That we, we can stop striving to seek to um, please God by doing this and doing that, by going out and trying to do all these things for God. So often in life, we actually have shame seated on, our, on the throne of our life. So sometimes we feel distant from God, and I'm going to try to make it right, so I'm going to go to church. I'm going to try to make it right, so I'm going to try to spend time with you because i got to make this right, and I, I feel guilty. But we need to put Jesus back on the throne of our lives, that his grace and his love and his face would be leading us, that we would actually live from overflow. Then everything we do, we'd be so intimate and so one with the Lord and so in tune with him that everything we do is pouring out from our lives, from the Father and into other people's lives. And I just want to encourage you guys, like there is so much change that the Lord wants to bring to your life this year. And I don't care where you're at or where you are, the Lord wants to change you this year. There's things that we're not lining up with Jesus, and that's okay. There's areas where we do fall short, and that's okay. But God wants to change us this year. And it's only going to come when we prioritize his presence. So touch your neighbor and say, prioritize his presence this year. And here's something that can seem heavy, and this is not condemnation, but anything more important in your life than the name of Jesus is idolatry. I'll say that again. Anything more important in your life than the name of Jesus is idolatry. And I'm talking about this can be good things. We can have good intentions. Um, This could be your spouse. This could be your kids. Which those things are good. But if those things are actually more important than the voice of Jesus in your life, that is idolatry. It could be your hobbies. Um, It could be success. A lot of people, for me, I'm like, like, I, I come from a heritage where we, like, my family has chased success, and success um, is, like, your highest goal. But if success is, is actually more important than your relationship with God, that's idolatry. If it's your work, that's idolatry. 
I think something that I struggled with for a long time is actually being liked rather than serving God. And so actually when you're, you know, let's just say I was in high school and I was around a certain group of friends, um, you know, based on who I was with, I'd actually change myself just a little bit. Who here has done that before? To be accepted, to be liked, to not step on toes, realizing that actually, even when I'm standing up here, it ultimately is so much less important and not important at all compared to me actually living for God and fully living in my identity and what he's calling me to do and calling me to say in this moment. It's so much more important to live from this place than to be liked. It's so much more important for you in your workplace and with your family to actually be radically on fire for Jesus and intimate with him and serving him and representing him and who he's called you to be than being liked. And guys, if Jesus is not on the throne of your life, again, you are on a one-way ticket to disappointment, confusion, and a life that is so much less than God intends for you to have. And if you are not walking with God yet in this place, I want to encourage you guys that God intends to give you a life that is full, overflowing with his blessing, overflowing with his love and his life, but it looks like you losing your life and actually serving him. And that's the upside down kingdom. It doesn't look like you saying, you know, like, I I want to keep these things to myself and I feel like this is the way I should live. And actually, I think me making judgments about people is actually okay. No, it comes when you fully surrender and love him with all of your heart, and love him so much that you're willing to lose your life for him, and what you think is right for his ways. And this is a bit, this could seem like a bit of a rabbit trail, but if you're having a hard time being free, if you actually are genuinely surrendering your life to Christ, um, and you are, you are trying to make him, uh, you know, you're number one in everything, and you keep getting by, hit by emotional triggers, by trauma, by uh, discouragement, all these things, there could be a chance maybe that you're wounded. And I shared on this last week, um, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Man, I said this on it. I'm going to see the six of the first part here. It says, As for us, we all have these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So that's amazing. Right now, guys, we have a cloud of witnesses right here in this room who are looking at our lives saying, What are you going to do in 2020 that's different? What impact are you going to make? What are you going to do? They're looking with excitement, looking at our lives. And what I want to speak to your spirits, guys, is that you are significant. Every single person in here, guys, you have a calling, you have a destiny that's so much greater than you could ever imagine. And, and God actually wants you to be a part of seeing revival in this nation and making a change. Every person in here, doesn't matter who you are. But it says here, so we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. And right here when it says wound that has pierced us, it actually means an arrow tip in the wound that has already existed. An arrow tip in a wound that's already existed. And what the enemy will do, guys, because the enemy will do anything this year to deter you from that path. I was talking with Ken the other day, and he was sharing with me how, as a kingdom of God, when it says the gates of hell shall not prevail against us, it actually means uh, we are stepping forward, taking new ground. They cannot hold us back, and we are made to dominate the enemy in everything we do. The enemy has no power at all over your life. Fear is our enemy. Shame is our enemy and has no power over any of your lives. But guys, when we have a wound in our life, it's a target for the enemy to shoot arrows into that. Like, yeah, you're not healed. It's like I'm sticking his finger there. Like, oh, yeah, you're not healed. Do you remember this insecurity? Do you remember this thing you're keeping in the dark that no one actually knows about? Like, no one knows how much you actually uh, hate yourself or don't like yourself or the things you believe about yourself. But we need to walk in the light this year with the Lord. We need to prioritize his presence and being with him. Father, do I have any wounds that are holding me back from walking in freedom? And this is the craziest thing that I don't get is that when we actually say, Lord, heal my wounds, heal my heart, that, it's, that equals freedom. Yeah. But we don't want to do it because it's messy, it's hard. 
No one likes doing it, but guys, it equals freedom. And I believe that, guys, if we're going to run this race that we have set before us, we need to be free from these wounds. We need to get rid of these targets the enemy has to look at and shoot arrows into. And so if you guys want to chat after, if you need prayer, um, if you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like you just constantly are coming back to the same issues over and over again, I guarantee you have a wound um, that the enemy has a target to shoot into. And guys, I think more than anything, um, you know, just thinking about from a leadership standpoint, I'm like, God, what do I want our church to have at the end of this year? What do I want to see happen in 2020? What do I want to see at the end of the year that we've achieved? And really what I want to see is us hunger again. I want to see hunger in your lives. I want to see hunger in my life. I don't want to be satisfied. Truth is, no matter who you are, there's so much more that God has for us. There's so much more of his goodness that we have not experienced. There's so much more of his love. But we need to make him our number one priority. As a church, as a body, individually. I want to see revival, guys. I think in my life, if I think about the big pictures, like, guys, I want to be a part of revival in this nation. I actually, I 100% believe, why, like, why am I up here so passionately like, talking to you right now? It's because I believe revival is coming to our nation. It's already happening, and it's coming in a greater way. And with my life, no matter how long it is, if it's 100 years, 200 years, I don't know how long I'm going to live. Who knows? But I want it to matter, and I know in the scope of eternity, it's small. And I need to prioritize his presence because that's what I'm living for. It's what I'm living to die for is to see revival in this nation um, I was watching a video with Billy Graham uh, talking about revival in Canada, and he said that Canada is actually in a very unique position, that um, you know, we have actually led the world in a lot of ways as far as peace and love um, and unity and a lot of really great ways. And if there was to be a revival, he believes it actually would lead the world. And I so agree. I think we're people that have such good hearts and we genuinely care about people. And I really believe that if everyone could catch the vision that God has for our nation and catch his heart and how much he loves us, and if we prioritize him above all else, guys, that we could actually see this happen. I'm sorry, I believe it's already happening, but we can be a part of it in a significant way. How's everyone doing? When people are quiet, I'm like, they're either listening or tapping out, but I think you're listening, so. (laughs) Hope so. I'm going to keep going here. Um. So again, guys, God has huge plans for this year. Hebrews 12, verse 1, the second part here, says here, Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passionate determination, for the path has already been marked up before us. So why is this so important again? Why am I up here talking to you guys about this? Because God has a path marked out for you in 2020. For all of you guys here, Max and Cindy, he has a path marked out for you guys. He has goodness, he has a plan, he has a destiny for each and every one of you this year. He has good things, he has a mission for you this year. He has purpose for you this year. He has destiny for you this year. He has so many good things. He, you are a part of his plan this year. You are a part of the big picture of God this year. You have good things to look forward to. But we need to do the work, prioritize him before all. Say, Father, if there's any wound in me, heal it up right away because we're moving. Why else is this so important? Because... Oh, Lord, wrong note. Everything we need is found in his presence. This is why it's so important. Everything we need for this journey ahead that God has for you in 2020 is found in his presence. It's not found um, in you reading leadership books. It's not found in your 2020 new diet and gym plan that I hope you keep. (laughs) Let your vision be that in 2030, you're still going to the gym. Then you'll be successful. 
But Matthew 6, verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you guys. When we seek him first, when we prioritize him and say, Father, you are more important than anything else in my life. I'm actually going to give you an hour of my night just to seek you and be with you. All things, everything we need for this journey, all encouragement, all, all of the power, all the strength, the wisdom. I actually believe that as we tap into the Lord in the secret place more, he actually brings us to another level of consciousness. We don't have to work so hard in life to do all these things, but he gives us divine strategy that we can implement in our lives, in the church, in our business, in our marriage, how we can be more effective, how we can love more, make a bigger change. And guys, as we prioritize him, everything in our lives is, is added onto us that we need for this. Why else is this so important, guys? Um, I felt like the Lord gave me this story. Um, it's actually um, from a John Maxwell book. So who has, who's read John Maxwell here? Yes, okay, great. That's awesome. He's a really strong leader. Um, he, he used to be a pastor. He's a Christian guy. And if you want to develop in any leadership, which I encourage everyone should be developing as a leader, read one of his books. Um, I'm reading Leader Shift right now, and it's a really uh, amazing book. But one of the stories in there, and I might get this a little bit wrong, is there's this young man, and he goes to uh, university, and he comes out, and he has a heart to change the world. He, wanted, he wants to change the world. He wants to see things happen. And so um, he starts thinking, okay, how can I influence the world? Um, let me start with my college. And so he's going around trying to get to know people, trying to figure out issues in their lives, trying to influence them and help them. And after about five, ten years, he looks back and he's like, you know what? I really haven't seen that much change. And so he's like, okay, maybe I need to think smaller scale. Okay, look at my friends. So he sees his friend groups and he knows some things going on. He tries to love them, tries to influence them, tries to lead them and make a change in their life. And realizes after a few years that nothing actually changes and so on. So he goes to his family and he's older now. He's like, well, maybe if I can just change my family, that will make a change in the world. And after a few years again, he's disappointed. And, and near the end of his life, he looks back and realizes that the only person he didn't try to change was himself. And see, we all want to see change in the world we all want to see change in our workplace. We want to see change in our family. We want to see our family members not walking with Christ come to Christ and find his love and find his salvation. We want to be fulfilled, but we're going about it in the wrong ways. We're looking at all these other fountains that are polluted. Um, there's distractions in this one. Not realizing we're not going to the fountain himself, Jesus. The only person that's going to actually lead you to, to the fulfillment in your life is him. It's the person of Jesus. Why else is this so important, guys? It's important because we need to leave a legacy. Uh, somebody, one of my mentors actually in school, something amazing he said to me, and I'll, I'll always remember this. He said, Chris, you need to make decisions uh, from the position of an old man. Let's hope this not offensive in here, but he just said that. He said, from the position of an old man, in your old age when you're looking back and you have your kids who have grandkids and their grandkids are having kids, I don't know if that's possible. It's possible. Come on, let's go. Um, he said, I want you to make decisions from that point. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, decisions that actually show your priority was Jesus. Showing that your priority was, was your wife or your kids. Things that are important. Always make decisions from places that are important, the most important, and not fleeting things. And we need to be thinking about legacy because, guys, we need, as leaders and as sons and daughters of God, we need to be thinking about the example we're setting that we're leaving behind for our kids. For me, it's so important that I'm a healthy uh, leader right now for our team, for you guys, but also I need to be a healthy husband for her and for our kids because any wounds I have, any poison I have that I'm not willing to deal with and I'm too lazy to deal with, it's going to be passed on to my kids. 
You know, if I, if I struggle with fear my entire life and I raise my kids and they see me in a place of fear, they're going to be fearful. My father's fearful. Like, I'm going to be fearful. It's normal. And you need to be thinking, we all need to be thinking, what legacy am I leaving? What am I leaving behind for my kids and for their kids? Because guess what? When, they raise up, when they're raised up and they're adults and they have kids, if they're doing the exact same thing you are, that's going to be passed down. And I believe it's so important, guys, because God, again, like I said, he's already pouring his spirit. And there is revival already happening in this nation. And for those, who, I mean, for those of you who are Christian here, which is a lot of people here, um, God is looking for people who can actually steward a relationship with him. People that he knows, that he can trust and say, actually, I know you. We are intimate. We are one. We do, I know you so well, I can trust you with this. And I know you, I can trust you with this, so I can trust you with this that I'm giving you. And I'll give you something greater, and I can trust you with that. But some people in here, you're eager to grow, you're eager to have influence, you're eager to do things, you're eager to get on the mic maybe or do something, but are you actually stewarding what God is giving you, which is relationship? And are you stewarding the things he has put on your heart to steward? All right, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up with this last point, last little bit here, and then we'll pray here. Um, but I want, I want you to practically know how, and I think this is the most important thing here. Um, everyone, touch your neighbor and say, five more minutes. <laughs> Don't tap out on me here. I want you guys to know how. Like, how do we actually do this? And maybe for some of you, this is uh, routine and you do this, but I think it's good for us to talk about it. Um, is seek his face daily. First thing I say is seek his face daily and get alone with God and respond. Seek your place. You know, it is about being with God all day and being in oneness with him and relationship with him. And that's so important. And it is really important that we're giving intentional time. Um, and if you think about that story I shared before with the wife, if she never sat down with her husband and looked him in the eyes, told him why she loved him and, and received how she, he loved her, how would the relationship be? If you're married in here and you didn't spend any time with your spouse, how would your marriage be? And I think sometimes, even in worship, connecting with God is actually a lot related to your, um, your intimacy with him. How well do you know him and how can you connect with him? And if you're, it takes you forever to connect with him, maybe God is asking you to build intimacy so you can just be in that place already when you come into worship. And guys, the truth is, what we focus on expands. Hebrews 12, verse 2 here says, We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. That is powerful just there. We look away from the natural realm. We look away from the distractions we know we already have coming into 2020. We look away from them. And Jesus, we fasten our gaze onto you who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. The only person that can lead you out of the distraction in your life and see change is him. And the best way is to lock eyes with him. Look him in the face and be with him. And the truth is, guys, whatever we focus on is what expands in our lives. And I'll give a little workout analogy quick. Is If I'm on chest press, and I'm a gym bro here, so I know. If I'm doing, <laughs> can't smile at me, but if I, if I do chest press and I'm just doing this, it's not doing a whole lot. You know, maybe there's some good mobility, maybe there's some good power happening, I don't know. But if I stop for a moment, if I focus on my muscle and I focus on stretching it, pausing, going up, contracting it, you're starting to build your muscle. Do that to failure, you're still building your chest. Whatever we focus on expands, guys. And when we focus on Jesus and we focus on him daily, it expands our love from expands um, our ability to receive love and our, our ability to actually see things from his perspective. And I think at the end of the day, and what I want you guys to, to leave with, it's really important, is what do you really want? Think about 2020. At the end of 2020, what do you want? What is the vision? What is the thing you actually want? 
You know, I think some of us need to decide that actually, actually, no, I really do want more of Jesus. I actually really do want that. Now, how can I actually go about that? Get along with him. Spend time with him. It also looks like looking at your schedule. Look at your schedule and divide up how much time you spend on each thing. There's obviously work, which will be a big chunk of it. But how are you spending your free time? Map it out in hours, and you'll see really clearly how you spend your time. And you can find out a lot about yourself, um, about how you spend your time. Another couple things here is, in everything you do, first pray. I think that's something that's so underrated is, is, guys, in everything you do, when you leave church to go home and have soup and watch a show on Netflix or whatever you do, which we'll probably do that, which will be great. Um, sorry. Um, I'm thinking about it. Um, everything you do, first pray. When you go home, God, how do you want me to respond from this message, from this time of worship? When you go to this week, God, what are you saying about this week? When someone makes you mad at work, really annoys you at work, okay, Father, what's going on in my heart? Acknowledge him and pray before everything in your life. Matthew 6.33 again says, but seek first the kingdom of God. And that's the big thing, but seek first his kingdom of God. It doesn't look like every, everything is not added onto you when you do what you want and then go to God. It looks like seeking him first and then he'll add all things onto you. And decide, I think, decisions in the midst of opportunities. We have more opportunities now than ever before. Um, decide. Decide who you want to be. Decide what you want your relationship with God to look like. Because guess what? Life goes by so fast. And so all of us know that in here. Decide who you want to be. Decide. And I think some people in here, you just need to decide to actually surrender your life to Jesus. And I'm talking to some Christians here too. It could be you. Maybe some people, you actually need to surrender and say, Jesus, you're not just my friend. You're actually the Lord of my life. You're actually the king of my life. You're actually on the throne of my life. But seriously, because if you're in a place where you're constantly thinking, what do I think about this? What should I do about this? Uh, how do I help my marriage more? How do I do this? Are you actually making Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life or just the opinion that you get sometimes in your life? I think we also need, I think something that I was, this is the last thing I was, oh, last thing I shall say, is when I was first saved, I knew on my kid, you know, I, I had an experience where I came to Christ several times, where I would go to a Christian camp, get saved, and be all on fire, go back, start smoking weed the next day. Not good. Don't do that. But I had many times where I was, I was, I was giving my life back to Christ, and when I actually got, like, when I really encountered the love of the Father when I was 16, and gave my heart to him, and I was, I could feel him. I'm like, okay, Jesus, how do I stay close to you? I'm like, I feel so on fire, and then I don't feel on fire. And I'm like, how do I stop that? Like, how do I continue this? And he said to me, spend time with me, I am the fire. And I think if the one thing I encourage you is he is the fire for your life. He is the purpose. He is the passion. He is the life. He's the truth, the way, the life. And spend time with him. Be with him intimate daily. If you are so tired of not seeing results and yourself growing in your relationship with God and growing in authority and growing in your identity, look at your life. Look at your time that you're spending with God. So many people come to me, man, I want to get rid of this sin or I want to grow in this area. Cool, spend time with Jesus, get in the word. Spend time on worship and prayer. An hour each day. Come back to me in a week. Comes back in a week, nothing happened. Did you spend time with God? No. Okay, well, we don't have to have a conversation until you do that. I am not your Jesus, he is. And I think another important thing, which I'm really excited for, and this last thing I'll say is, um, prioritize his presence in community. And that is what we're really trying to build here is community and connect groups. I want to encourage everyone to get into a connect group. Um, you know, whether 
you um, maybe get along with everyone in a connect group or you really know everyone, choose a connect group and choose those people. There's power when we choose people and we choose to prioritize his presence with those people regularly. Um, people who can keep you accountable to prioritizing his presence, who can keep you accountable to being with him and, and your walk with God. Um, choose it in community. So I just want everyone to stand as we close here. Um, and I want to pray for everyone here. Father, we just thank you so much for every person here. Father, thank you that you are moving in this place. And thank you that you are moving in our church. And Papa, I just thank you for your love. And I thank you that you are right here with every person, God. You are right there face to face with them, God. Whether they can see you or not, you are right there, Father. You're living inside of us, Jesus. And Father, as a church, we just give this year to you, God, that we would prioritize you, God, above all else. You know, If it feels uncomfortable, if it feels like a sacrifice, if it feels new, if there's change, God, we'd say yes, Father. And if that's you in this place, if you want this, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Father, we just respond to you. We respond to you, God. We respond to your love. And Jesus, we want to make you the Lord and Savior of our life all over again, Father. Just dedicate ourselves in a deeper level, Father. We love you. And Father, I just I, I thank you so much for every person in this room, God. Thank you for bringing them here today, God. Thank you for this message. And this isn't from me. This is from you, Father, I believe. God, we love you. We, we want to be more devoted to you, God. We want to be hungry again, God. We want to see revival in our city, God. We want to see revival in our family, Father. And God, we just believe it's going to happen. We believe it's already happening, Father. And I believe there's so much more to come. It's just the start of change that you're bringing, Father. So ready our hearts right now, God, that we can start with the first easy step of just saying, God, you are everything, Jesus. Father, lead us. Father, lead this church. Lead every single person here, Jesus, as they go about their week. And as they go home today, God, that we could get, get alone with you, God, this week. Respond to you, Jesus. Give more of our time to you, Father, as we're going into this new year. Father, we love you so much. We love every person in this room. In your name, amen.